I can't wait also for the NFL draft, okay? It's finally getting here, uh, and it starts tomorrow. And listen, I, I wanted to find this audio because for those people that get really caught up into what one person says here and there, uh, after they hear this, they will know that all of these experts uh, sometimes have drastically different opinions. And in this case, one was right, one was wrong. It was Merrill Hodge, the former Steeler, uh, and he was th- talking about you know drafting Johnny Manziel or maybe not drafting Johnny Manziel. And he was in a discussion. Stephen A. was in the mix there, but it was primarily... Uh, with Skip Bayless. Yeah, it was uh, the old days of first take. Stephen A. still had a goatee. There you go. That was 2014. So here's where the discussion of Johnny Manziel and the variance and people's expectations of how he would be as an NFL player. I have not seen a game where he shows any sign of those qualities being able to transition to the National Football League. We talked about expectations. His skill set will never withstand the enormous pressure that's going to be required from people are talking the first pick overall or a top 10 to build a franchise, a team around with his poor skill set. It will crumble, it will crush him, just the expectations based on the poor skill set he has. So you are going bust. Uh, if he's a first round, shoot, even my really top three rounds. He's a, he's a, a fifth or sixth round grade if you have a compensatory pick, grabbed him there. But not in the first round. I'm sorry, I got a question. Are you saying that Johnny Manziel may not even be worth a pick in the first three rounds? Oh, I wouldn't. There's, there, the project is so massive. There are so many so, major flaws. So what are your thoughts about people who believe he should be the first overall pick well, in the draft. Listen, you know, obviously it's not a perfect science, but I think people who will take him in the first round. I'm if you first did, overall. First if you took him first overall, I would think that staff would be gone in two years and whoever made that pick would be gone in two years. You don't make that pick based on the other players that are available to you. You make that pick, we got a question, you're evaluating players and their transition and their ability to transition to the National Football League very highly. Well, there you go. And then if we continued to play, you would have heard Skip Bayless saying that uh, that Merrill Hodge could not have been any more wrong. Merrill Hodge, with all due respect, you have never, ever been more wrong in your assessment of a football player than you just were about Johnny Manziel. Not only will Houston forever regret if they don't take Johnny with the first overall pick, but he he won't be a bust. He's going to be a franchise player. He's going to be a star. He will make pro bowls. We, We cannot be more diametrically opposed here. And as opposed to Khalil Mack, I watched every play that Johnny played on television, not coach's breakdown tape. I watched every play starting with the Florida game in what was his redshirt freshman year, his first start in college football. And as you well know, he did play in the Southeastern Conference as opposed to playing at the University of Buffalo. And in his first year as a starter, when everybody doubted him, and and a lot of schools would not recruit him, especially the school that he wanted to go to his whole life, the University of Texas, Chip Kelly did recruit him to go to Oregon, and he committed there and then decided, well, if A&M will take me, I'll stay home. Nobody even thought he would start at A&M. But- By the way, it was a double whammy for Merrill Hodge because Houston did take Jadavian Clowney out of South Carolina, who Merrill Hodge also called 
quote unquote average. Okay. Well, I. I so what, what you're saying? Because he ended up being average in his career. Yeah, it was. I, yeah, agree. He never lived up the expectations. Okay. Now, to be fair to to Jadavian Clowney, let's, let's let's yeah, go ahead. To, just to be Injuries. fair to Jadavian Clowney, well, so much of the hype around him had to do with one play anyway. That hitting that against Michigan in that bowl game was the reason anybody even knew about Jadavian Clowney, or at least well, he, in the masses. Well, the reason I knew about Jadavian Clowney was because. He he looked like completely different than just about everybody uh, on the field uh, when he played. But let's get back to this. You know, so Merrill Hodge, by the way, uh, was fired by ESPN in 2017, uh, and Skip Bayless is like making two plus million dollars a year. So, like in a lot of cases, you know, it's not about whether you're right or wrong. It's like about having an opinion, I guess. Uh, but that was the variance there when it came to Manziel. And, uh, you know, obviously Hodge was correct in this case and Skip Bayless uh, whiffed on this one as well. So I just set that up because is that it's inevitable that'll happen again this year, Sam? It always does. It's it's the it's the the time when the imperfect science. Meets well, happen, the best example of a whiff last year, Zach Wilson with the Jets. I mean, we'll see sure. what happens in the next three or four years, whatever. But, you know, that's even more recent. Uh, they, he went number two overall. That's right. And what we saw with that in particular, I mean, that's that's a good example of why there's so many layers to this. Because you see what happened with Trevor Lawrence going number one to the Jaguars. Zach Wilson goes number two to the Jets. You go to New York, whether you're Zach Wilson or you're Joe Flacco or you're Mike White, it doesn't matter. It's a hard place to win. Nobody's very nice to you. There's a lot of pressure. You have to win. Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But it's to say that the the environment that these guys are in it matters. We're, we're, I hope at least we're realizing more and more how much the, the environment matters to where I firmly believe if the two of them were switched, Zach Wilson would be Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence would be Zach Wilson. Are you sure about that? I, I find it hard to imagine that Trevor Lawrence would not have succeeded like wherever he was. I, I will agree with you that where they go factors into all this, but in that particular situation there, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, I, I don't think you could flip-flop them, but I think the only, in, in some cases there are uh, where you could flip-flop them. The only reason I do is because there's such a difference. Look at the interception numbers when Trevor and, and look, I, nobody in the league should be compared to him, so I'm making it clear that I'm not comparing the two, but when... A, a person who should not be coaching an NFL team was coaching him. The numbers were what they were. When Doug Peterson comes in, the numbers were what they were. Robert Sala, we're still kind of figuring out what he is and how he's going to be as an NFL head coach. Okay, well, look at the difference in stature and, you know, from people talked about Trevor Lawrence being like a generational type of quarterback. I th you know, Zach Wilson had a lot of things to like about him coming out of BYU, but Trevor Lawrence was the ones they said he's like going to be like Andrew Luck and then whoever the one, you know, just guys that were you pencil them in for 8 or 10 years and until they re retire mysteriously like Andrew Luck did, you you could just count it. I don't know, but but that's what makes this whole thing fun and uh, like since you were talking about quarterbacks, there's all kinds of discussion about these four quarterbacks that are expected to be drafted in the first round. Yeah, and that that guy this year who would be in that category of of Johnny, we don't think he's going to be. We don't hope he's. We hope he's not going to be. But of the of all the guys in the first round, that guy this year 
would be Anthony Richardson from Florida. Okay. Who's well, got the biggest swing on him, if yeah, you will. So, so the four guys, I guess I should, you know, Bryce Young out of Alabama, yep. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, Anthony Richardson, who you're talking about out of Florida, and then uh, Will Levis out of Kentucky. Uh, and then you could also mention Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. A couple of things about, you know, if you watched him play, you're probably going to be surprised. He's 25. He's he's 25 years old. I think when the season ends, he's going to be 26. I, had, I saw him play. And I thought he was very youthful. I thought he was like in his junior year. You know, what do I know? Uh, but, you know, he's on the outside kind of looking in because these other four guys I mentioned uh, appear to be all going to be drafted in the first round uh, with Young going first, Stroud going second, Richardson going third, and Levis going fourth. And, like, do you, do you really think it'll be uh, – There's a, uh, what, what percentage chance do you think it'll be that it won't be in that order? No, it'll probably very be in small. The, yeah, very small. It'll most likely be in that order, unless there's unless there's some kind of uh, unless there's some kind of surprise, i.e., when the Niners traded up to get Trey Lance a couple of years ago. Unless something like that happens, and we're not hearing anything of remote possibility that it will, most likely that order. All right, so people around here, uh, and it's with with the uncertainty of so many players. Like uh, there's. You know, there's what 32 uh, players drafted in the first round, Sam. Uh, uh, there'll be 31 this year because the Dolphins don't have okay. a pick. I bet you there are 50 guys that that I I, I bet you there's 50 guys that are whose names are are, are going to be floating around at different things depending on where other guys go and the needs of these teams. Um, I, I really believe that, and um, you know, I, I did a breakdown on the different uh, positions. Okay, you know, we mentioned quarter. Uh, these are just on pro- projected picks, and we we know what that can lead to. But quarterbacks four, O lineman five, D lineman eight, linebackers only two. Uh, five secondary guys, four wide receivers, two tight ends, and one running back. So of the 31 positions or the 31 picks, uh, I see a total of seven of them. Or No, I'm, I'm sorry. Eleven of those 31 picks are kind of like the specialty offensive positions. You know, four of those are the quarterback position. But outside of the quarterback, now you're, you're down to four receivers, two tight ends, and one. I said one running back. Man, that's a a big difference from from back in the old days. So people around here, Cowboys, Broncos, what do you envision? Let's start with the Broncos, Sam. Okay. What are you hearing? Broncos, it's still going in it's still going in a lot of different directions. I mean, the Broncos always need offensive line help because that's been a big weakness for them and part of the reason I still think why they're why they've had so many problems at quarterback is that offensive line's been a weak link and at this point in his career you can't ask Russell Wilson to keep bailing out a bad offensive line. If I'm the Broncos, that's where that's where I'm going, and you have a good shot at it. Because, like you said, this is a deep class, especially in the first round for for offensive line. You can never go wrong with getting him more guys to get the ball to as well. You know, certainly wide receiver. Broncos well, win Patrick Sertan in the secondary a uh, year or two ago, but I think I I, I think with that depth at O line that you just went through, that's probably where I would go because he's. So what what happens with the Broncos going forward is so centered around Russell Wilson. And then when they go shop for those kind of players, they usually shop at the big stores. Uh, I see uh, Ohio State in there. I see Georgia in there. I see Tennessee in there. Um, who else? Offensive, uh, another offensive lineman. Where else? Uh, Oklahoma. 
There you uh, go. Yeah, so the, they, they're not going obscure schools when they're uh, going for these offensive linemen here, Sam. And uh, they, uh, they're going at the, to the big box stores and those big old uh, programs. Okay, uh, so you went over the, your bottom line on the Broncos' offensive line help. The, anything to give the fans optimism, the offense, and Russell Wilson will be better. Uh, but there is some people that are wondering if they need help at the specialty positions. Your thoughts well, on that? Well, that's why it's going to be interesting because this is, this will be the first draft with Sean Payton, with the new ownership group, and we've seen that they're sparing no expense. They might want to go flashy. You know, I mean, I mean okay. ultimately, it's up to Sean Payton and uh, and the the general manager, and they're going to do what's best for the football team. But there's nothing that says they might not try to go with somebody who's going to be you know a, a first round pick that you can sell more so than an offensive lineman. I wouldn't put it past him. Okay, uh, and yeah, Sean Payton like has kind of a mind of his own, and that might be the case. Okay, tell me what's going on in. Cowboy land, and obviously they're having to wait a while, and there could be all kinds of things shifting. I mean, uh, uh, Stephen Jones mentioned like last, like the draft when they got C.D. Lamb, they were way down at number seventeen and got Lamb. He wasn't even on their board because he was supposed to go so many picks before. There you go, and so they're sitting at twenty six, right? Yes, Uh, and like the apparent need for a running back with uh, the one running back that's projected to go in the the first round, Bijan Robinson Robinson from Texas. Texas. I hope he's gone before 26, so it's not even a part of the conversation, but that's just me. You want them? Okay, so where are then the Cowboys? We'll say that Bijan is gone, and he is predicted to be gone by then. Uh, So where do the Cowboys go from here, man? I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them to quit just picking defensive players and like you know I mean I know CeeDee Lamb was an offensive player but the people are saying hey we, we need some sizzle to this offense uh, Mr. Jones it's probably going to be offensive line for the Cowboys too most likely just with 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 how that went last year with Tyron Smith being hurt you almost have to you almost have to count on Tyron Smith unfortunately at this point in his career is going to miss some games they tried to bring in uh I'm drawing a total blank. They tried to bring in one of the guys from Philly who was 40 years old, and he just couldn't hold up in an NFL game anymore. You need that because it's kind of the same philosophy. You need to keep Dak in a spot where Dak's going to be comfortable. At some point, the Cowboys are going to fill all these positions. Like we know we're talking about running back, wide receiver, guys on defense, offensive line. They're going to fill all these. It's actually a surprisingly enviable spot for the Cowboys to be in because some of these guys that they do want are most likely going to be gone by 26. I really think B. John Robinson's going to be gone. Uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame, is probably going to be gone. One name that I hadn't heard before this week was uh, Will McDonald, the defensive end from Iowa State, a four, uh, four-year starter, played five years. Cowboys insiders seem to think that he's the guy that they're targeting. And I, I see that, yeah. And, you know, I mentioned two tight ends in the first round. You ma- mentioned Michael Mayer, who was with Notre Dame. And, man, uh, the, the, did he look like a, a pro prospect? But, actually, the um, projections have Dalton Kincaid with Utah, their tight end, mm-hmm. uh, going ahead of uh, Michael Mayer. Um, I'll tell you, you know, just... What do I know? But I'm telling you, Cowboy fans would be excited about Michael Mayer, whether what, what you know, one way or the other, Sam. And, oh no, and, oh, and, for sure. And, you know, he he's like one of these type of guys who's got hands that you don't see very often in college. I don't know that much about Kincaid. I do love Utah, Utah football, and I was impressed by like people on both sides of the the field there. Obviously, Kincaid got the numbers too, and that's why people like him. But 
Um, that's why, you know, that's why we like to have fun with this. But uh, it comes down. The rubber meets the road tomorrow Finally. night at 5 o'clock. But we'll do a complete local uh, angle to the, the draft between 4 and 5. And then we'll turn it over to the folks at ESPN.